Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am your hostess with the mostess, <laughs> Nicole DeVincentis, aka Figure Chick 911. I woke up this morning feeling a little bit sassy, but I still wanted to be classy and I wanted to make some major moves, so I also needed to be badassy. So you're getting all three dimensions of the personality today. And if this is your first time on our podcast here, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you. You know, the purpose of these podcasts are to inspire you and probably educate you and empower you to champion your life and create the life that you absolutely love. Go out there, crush your goals, and and grow and keep on moving forward. Not just so that you can have said, oh, I achieved this, but because when you continue to grow, your level of contribution, how you're able to give back to others grows exponentially. True, right? If you acquire more knowledge, that allows you to teach other people new things. When you acquire new life skill sets, same thing. Perhaps you're able to teach those skills, and this could be simple. This could be how to cook. This could be how to do laundry. This can also be high-level skills on how to command your emotionality. So from the direction where I come from, you know, I'm building an online coaching and training academy, and of course we do seminars and we do live coaching for individuals and groups, and you know, we can customize it to whatever your needs are. Over here, growth is the expectation. And it does not matter where you are right now. What matters is where you want to go. Where do you want to be? And it's critical that, I think especially today, that you still maintain that element of having goals. And this can be in line with your role as a parent. You know, what are your goals for your children? Not what are they going to be the best athlete or they're going, you know, to play pro sports or they're going to be on the honor roll or something like that, but the fundamental goals. You know, at what point are we going to start instilling habits of um, maybe family contribution where this comes in the form of, of chores so that they can learn life skills so that when it's time for them to leave the nest or God forbid something happens to, you know, myself as a parent or, you know, if you're married, you're in a partnership, you know, to one of us, these kids are going to be able to sustain and provide for themselves. And it's not going to be such a lethal situation. Plus today is so freaking busy Man, everybody is like up to the gills, even the kids. They're in all these activities. They've got all kinds of homework and they've got friends and everybody is so busy that household contribution becomes an essential staple of a functioning household. And stamp that, you know, if you're in charge of a team and stamp that if you're in charge of a, of a department or a company or you're building an organization, it's, it's that role of the team. Everybody has to be a functional player to be able to go out and do what they like to do, but also, you know, being sure that when you have your core unit, your inner circle, your household, your team, or whomever, the vision has got to be 
present for, you know, what it is that we're actually building, you know, why are we doing this? And everyone understands like contribution is actually an essential component. So when you're growing, you are learning and acquiring more knowledge and more wisdom so that you are able to expand your scope and then ultimately your level of contribution. Right. Which is really when you start thinking about life, that's that's what it's all about. I told you I'm feeling sassy today. There's like a lot of song tracks which are playing inside of my head. And if you ever watch the Mickey Mouse Club, I don't know where the shit in my head comes from half the time. It's like I swear to God. It takes every ounce of my being to sit and maintain like a normal conversation with people and not entertain all of the 3,000 thoughts that are flashing through my brain at any given time. But I'm telling you, if you were to like open up the top of my cranium and you could like look inside of there, you would see show tunes, movie quotes, you'd see unicorns jumping in there, there's like glitter there's uh, some hardcore rap, you know, there's soundtracks playing in the back. I got some Sinatra, some DJ Khalid, some Beyonce, like it is, it's mayhem in there. So excuse me while I wake up this morning and, and get us moving on the right track. So we're right in the middle. <laughs> I'm crazy and I admit it. I, I'm, I'm full aware. At least I'm happy. Um, I'm getting us on the track or moving all of us onto the track of what essentially is transformation. You know, I've been, you know, I wouldn't say playing around with these podcasts, but the podcasts that I'm doing, these are actually off the cuff. I'm not coming in here with a written script. One of the reasons why is I'm not that type of a speaker. I'm not that type of a coach. I'm not that type of a trainer. I have tons of objectives and there's a lot of different concepts on which I love to speak and I love to share and I love to educate and I like to give back on, but none of this is actually written down. So when I was, you know, like scripted, okay, concepts are written, organized, but not, you know, this is what you have to say sort of a deal. I find that when you are teaching and coaching and training others, there's times when you can force an outcome. For example, um, when I was working in an educational role, we were actually developing education for uh, firefighters and paramedics using this like programmable robot. He's called a sim man. And what you can do, so this is like taking care of like how to take care of patients who have different, you know, medical problems. So what you can do is you can write every single part of like this scenario in, you can like program in the patient's vital signs. You can program in what you want this, you know, mannequin's pupils to do. Like the, the, the mannequin, this robot guy, he's pretty, he, he still looks like a robot. He's pretty creepy to look at, but he can do like all of the stuff that like the old fashioned, like CPR, any dummy mannequins with like the creepy legs and the, and the wig couldn't do. So his pupils can dilate, you can make him breathe, you can make him talk, you can stick an IV in him and he'll like, you know, give the blood out. Like, I mean, they, they, and they even have a birthing, uh, sim lady with sim baby. So you can practice delivering a baby. It's a total trip. But what I'm saying is that when you're coaching and training, um, you can always work to force your learners to get a particular outcome. All right. So if you're trying to test a certain thing, like we're trying to test, you know, their ability to discern, um, 
you know, maybe what the cause of somebody's chest pain is. So in order to do that, they have to be able to answer certain questions. And what I noticed is that when I was training other people how to train the people who were coming in and practicing and testing with us is that they were they were blurring the lines and they were skewing what was already programmed in there because they were operating in the well I guess it could quarter, I could quarter, sort of see could sort of see rather you know how you got to this particular conclusion and one of the practices when you are training other individuals, especially if you're trying to train them into your team or your organization, is you have to be, as the leader, you've got to be clear on what you either want to call objectives or goals, and you're the one who's responsible for maintaining that. Right. And so there's tends to be a lot of resistance because some people will be, you know what, this is okay. This is still going to kind of sort of achieve our goal. But when you have the commitment to like, what, what is that point? What are we actually trying to drive home here? You have to be able to operate in more of a black and white space. And I know that that can be difficult for some individuals when you're moving into either supervisory roles, see this a lot with the parental roles, you know, you want to be nice, you want to be loving, but you sometimes have to put harder constraints on. And I'll tell you, I probably, I came from that sort of, of a, I guess, beginning of myself. I was softer until I came into medicine and realized that for me as the practitioner, there actually was a line in the sand. Most times, did you take the medication or did you not? (laughs) Is the person breathing or are they not? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that actually started to shape, you know, how, how I came to become a coach and a trainer was because I was, I was groomed then to be able to make calls like hard fast calls this is a yes or a no there is no maybe here it's yes or no did you have a heart transplant or did you not okay right and now it sounds like dramatic and you know way out there but when you start operating in too much of the gray space you start having a lot of obscurity and it makes it really difficult to have a lot of forward movement and a lot of forward focus with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, especially when you have people who are supposed to be or who are on your team, either because you have selected them, like you are, you know, maybe a coach and you had tryouts and you're selecting these people or you're an employer and you have employees. Um, Sometimes you have the team which is is given to you. I experienced that, you know, when I was working in the emergency room as the charge nurse and you don't have a say so in who comes to work that day. You obviously don't have a say so in what sort of patients present themselves that day, what doctors work that day, but the but the rule, the job of the charge nurse is to make order out of essentially like overt chaos and hope that the people who you have showing up to work that day also have the equal, you know, 
I think, goal orientation, the equal mission, but will also be able to hold their space so that everybody works collectively for obviously like the better good here, but so that you can retain, you know, that forward momentum and it's not one person who's like dragging and now we have to actually go back and we have to do the work of the other people because this person is underperforming, this person is, you know, a slack ass or something like that. And so that I would definitely say kind of like groomed me into becoming more of a strong coach and a strong um, teacher that was the beginning of where I started communication skills. Because when you're looking to lead a group, okay, think about when you had, like in school, this was always such a pain for me, when you had a group project, that you'd have some people who would, they would not want to participate, they did bare minimum work, it was always late, you couldn't count on them, Then you had other people who were like these massive idea people. Then you had these other people who could kind of like see like both sides of the spectrum and they didn't really know where. And the group projects were always so frustrating at that time. But when you had a team of workable individuals who had a very clear goal, a very clear mission, your job as the coach or the trainer or the educator or the parent, like whatever your role is, it's the leadership position is what you have. It becomes easier when there is a target out there. And this is what I'm going to propose for your consideration. When you are looking to lead individuals, okay, and we'll talk a different day about, you know, the difference between the players on your team. I mean, so I want to come into this podcast assuming that, or not assuming, with the with the statement that you have qualified individuals on your team. That's who it is, okay? Your job as the leader is to have the vision of what you are wanting to accomplish. Like, what is the end goal? Like, the big, beautiful, like, full color, full sound, like, the whole entire picture. That's where your heart and your mind and your daily intentions have to be fixated on. Like, what is the thing that you are trying to create? Is this a particular home? right? And the home operations. It's a home that's full of peace and love and respect and essentially like contribution. We have a team there. It's our safe place to be. Is that what you're trying to build? Are you trying to build an organization that, you know, produces X amount of not just dollars, but maybe puts better people out into the world, you know, grooms high-level athletes, you know, what, what is it that you are trying to actually accomplish? That's your responsibility as the leader. When you are beginning then to work with your team, your job is to put the vision in front of their face like all the time. Because I'm going to tell you what, when you have people who are working for you or under you in any capacity, unless they are as 100% vested in the goal, in the vision as you are, which probably will not be the case. 
All right. Think about how many, you know, it just doesn't happen. People get distracted. They want to do other things. You know, oh, there's a squirrel or, you know, they just don't feel like it today. They're going to lose their mojo. You're always going to be more committed to that thing than anybody else. So when you're working with your team, you have to dangle, you know, what is that vision in front of their face at all times? Because once you have them enrolled, Okay, and that's what it is. It's not bashing them over the head. This is what we got to do. This is what, this isn't the military. You know what I'm saying? What this is, is you're wanting to gain and foster that cooperation from your team so that they voluntarily, and I think with a with the good-natured and good-spirited way of, you know, effort and execution of what they have to do is when you have people enrolled, their registration becomes automatic. Now you're not dealing with, can you please turn this thing in because, you know, we're waiting for you. You don't deal with the slack ass anymore. And again, this is when you have selected a team who actually is qualified to be on there. If you have people with who are wearing cement shoes and they're refusing, you know, you need to seriously look at the individuals who are on your team. Okay, And again, if you have involvement in selection, this puts you in a position of power. But I'm telling you, when you have those individuals who have been given to you, then you're having to you're having to lead in a different way. And it can be one of the most disempowering. I've been in those environments more times than I care to even admit that I allowed myself to stay in. Um, You can forget how cohesive and how awesome it can actually be to work on a team because you've been dealing with trying to pull people up the mountain. The team has got to be able to to walk with you. But every one of us, I think, faces a time, whether this is happening in your personal or your professional life, where the people on your team, and this could be spouse, this could be extended family, people who you thought were on your team, but they're actually not. This could be your coworkers. This could be neighbors. Like however this team of of individuals are, there's always going to be times when you've reached conflict where this is what we agreed to. And now, you know, it seems like we're moving in different directions. You're allowed to have conversation about what you see happening. And it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it right? You're going to find that the higher your skill set and the the greater leadership qualities you have and more how you learn about the art of communication. And that's two way that you're active listening to hear not just the words that are spoken, but what's behind the words and you're watching body language and all those things, you're going to be able to communicate at such a higher level, you're not going to have a problem. But the art of communication is something that actually is a skill that you cannot assume that people know what you're thinking, first and foremost. You cannot assume, you can't assume anything. (laughs) You can't assume that people's minds are as adaptive as yours. You can't assume that just because you said something or emailed something or texted something that communication actually took place. I'll say that again. You cannot assume that just because you said something, texted something, emailed something, wrote something, 
that communication actually took place because communication is a two-way street. The other individual has got to be picking up what you're throwing down. However, you're never going to have control over whether or not they actually do so. (laughs) You can see how frustrating the position of leadership can be, which goes back to when you have that opportunity to have an active role in team selection, I'm going to put it straight for you. You got to be fucking brutal, dude. You have to be brutal. Okay, every time you're moving up through life, especially if you're doing something which you need to have big results on, you're operating on a short timeline, you have got to have your power players on there. And you will 100% attract the caliber of individual that matches your drive and your hustle. Okay, because you always attract what you are, you don't attract what you want. So, I think it was a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about the law of the lid, one of the leadership principles from John Maxwell's book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and how you are always like the lid on your organization. That's true in everything. It's not just true of work ethic, it's true of communication. It's true of passion. It's true of accountability. It's true of every single dimension. So as you're now moving to the next level, all of a sudden you realize what it's going to take to develop a team, groom your team. You got to invest in your team. You got to get in your team's face. And it's all about infusing that inner circle, right? So that we're all on the same page. This is my job. It's communication. And you can never make that assumption that people are as enamored by the goal as you are, as uh, impassioned as you are to achieve it, or that they move at the lightning speed in which you do or what you expect. So when you are moving into those leadership roles, this, it reminds me kind of like a telescope, right? With a telescope, you know, it's like telescopic, like it, it expands and it contracts, like you can see panoramic, you can see close up. That's how you have to be as a leader, you have to be able to change your scope from one person to the group at large, from one goal to the whole entire production at large, from where we are today with sales to where we are, you know, in the entire year, how does this fit in with our projections from, you know, what's the cleanliness of, I don't know, of the front room, you know, to, you know, what, what is, I I can't even think of anything, but you get what I'm saying. This has application to both the household and the, and the professional arena. Your scope and your responsibility is you're responsible for everything. And that comes back to communication. That comes back to your ability to communicate what it is that I want my team to do. And at the end of the day, you have that you're the back end of it holding your responsible you're responsible for the whole entire project. And that means sometimes having to have hard conversations with people when they didn't come through on what was agreed to, what they didn't promise, or what they promised and they didn't they didn't um, come through with, right? But here's the key. Every time you point a finger, This is rough, man. There's three fingers pointing back at you. So everything, everything 
underneath your jurisdiction, underneath your leadership, you are responsible for. So think about this in terms of if you're head of a household, think about how much ownership that places on you, how much responsibility that places on you when you're dealing with human beings who have a free will. You still have to assume responsibility for the whole entire thing, but how do you get these people to be on the same page as you? This is why personal development is so important because as you're going and you're growing, so are your children, so are your employees, so are whomever you're dealing with. You know, people are human beings, they're not human doings. And there's a lot of things that influence, you know, their time and their attention. And, you know, are they following your lead? You know, leadership your walk and your talk have to become like synonymous with this. And if you are to step away, you want your team to be strong enough to continue that forward momentum so that you don't set yourself back simply because you're not standing over them, holding account, you know, holding them accountable with each and every thing. So when you're looking then to communicate, you know, you've got to learn like, how do my people learn, right? So if you're with kids, like, you know, that there's some kids are visual learners, other kids, they have to hear something, other kids have to do and, and touch and like make something right. Everybody has a different style of learning and there's different types of readers like, and so you can go on and you know, you can, you know, read about all this stuff for your further enrichment. But remember that just because You said something does not mean that communication actually took place. I know. (laughs) I'm picturing everybody's faces just like, oh. I mean, let's think about it this way too. Let's put this in like a funny and jovial way. You know, let's assume that people have good intentions. But let me ask you a question. Like, how long is the average person's attention span these days? Like, for real. I know everybody, like, laughs and jokes at the fact that they have ADD and ADHD. I don't like to joke about that, okay? Because there is a distinction between that and when you simply are overstimulated and or undisciplined in maintaining your focus. Whew, harsh words today coming out. I told you that I was feeling sassy. All right, but this is this is going to help you. So when you understand what it is that you're actually up against, I want to challenge you not to compete for their attention. Whoa, what does that mean? We always talk about competing for people's attention. If you compete, okay, there's a lot of competition. So if you're competing for attention while your kid is got headphones in and they're on their iPad, you're competing for attention when your kid has their earphones plugged in and they're playing games with, you know, kids who are on the other side of the world. You're competing for attention while your husband, significant other or somebody is, uh, I don't know, in the middle of a conference call or watching a TV show or you're competing for attention while, um, I don't know, your neighbor is, you know, yelling at the dog and trying to, you know, hear, hear what you're asking for them to do. Like when you compete, you're never going to win. 
you just don't. Competing is that. Competing is you like like the back and forth sort of banter. Like this is volleyball, like back and forth, back and forth. Tennis, back and forth, back and forth. That's competing. But when you look at how a champion actually sits, you look at freaking Serena Williams. Like her job is not to compete. Her job is to freaking smash the shit out of the ball and make everybody else obsolete. Her job is to be the best, right? That's what she wants to be. Do you see the difference between somebody who considers themselves a competitor and somebody who considers themselves a champion? And that's the same thing when it comes to leadership is that when you're competing or communicating rather, if you choose to compete by just getting into the every day I'm going to email All right. All of a sudden the emails, everybody deletes now. There is no paying attention to the email. We just kind of like go through. People don't even like thoroughly read anymore. Everybody just scans and it, it has changed how we communicate on that front. But you usually have to go one step beyond. And now what's so funny is that the phone While we started out talking on it and it has become obsolete, like the verbal talking aspect of it, because we do so much, you know, typing and texting and stuff like that. Now you follow up with a phone call. You have that personal connection with that individual. They hear your voice. It increases the level of trust. And guess what? That sort of action sets you apart from everybody else. So now it's no longer competition. It's my text in the midst of a sea of others. Now when they see my text come up because I also have their physical attention, I'm standing in front of them or I have I have them on the phone. Here you are. Can I have your full attention for five minutes? You know, or getting to know your people or, you know, you're developing the relationship with them. It's no longer competition. It sets you apart. So now it's way easier for you to present that vision, to present the expectations. This is what we're doing because you have channeled and you have groomed their respect to see you, right, as the leader. And now they're more likely to follow you. Does that make sense? It's kind of a vague podcast for today. It was a lot that was on my mind, but when it comes down to leadership and organizing your team, number one, you have to be sure that you have the right people on it. Number two, you have to assume responsibility for every single aspect of every single dimension of all parts, of all particles, of every single atom of your entire project. You have to communicate, 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 and over-communicate You're responsible for the vision. You're responsible for communicating that vision. And when your people are honestly enrolled in the vision, their registration becomes automatic. And then you have the dream team. Now everybody is working collectively. Now it's way easy, way, way, way easy to hit our targets actually early and exceed them. So today as you go out, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to do one thing different with your method of communication. All right. So maybe for you, if you are one of these highly introspective individuals and you really stray from like verbal communication with somebody, I'm going to challenge you today to whoever this is. I don't care if this is the grocery checkout person, the cashier, whomever, the next person that you see, I want you to look them straight in the eye and wish them a good morning or good day 
okay? You're probably going to like shock the shit out of them because they're not, they're probably the same. They probably don't even expect it, okay? If you are operating, you are more of the, you know, extrovert and you're chit-chatty with everybody, I'm going to ask for you to quiet your tone down just a little bit and maintain your level of focus to actually connect with an individual for communication rather than just rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. I got to hear myself talk. Da, 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 da. Okay. So let's do this. Let's start to step into the shoes of the other individual. Let's start to put on our, our active listening skills. And once you communicate, then discern, did communication actually take place here or was I just speaking or typing and making an assumption? How about that? Okay, so let's wrap it up. I'm going to catch you on our next uh, podcast here, and uh, we're going to build this one out. We'll have lots of fun. Make it a great day.